Hi, and welcome to Data in Depth, a podcast where we delve into advanced analytics, business intelligence, and machine learning, and how they're revolutionizing the manufacturing sector. Each episode, we share new ideas and best practices to help you put your business data to work. From the shop floor to the back office, from optimizing supply chains to customer experience, the factory of the future runs on data. Hi, and thanks for joining us for another episode of Data in Depth, the podcast exploring the world of big data and its role in the manufacturing industry. I'm your host, Andrew Reiser. Today, we are joined by Tom Brennan. Tom is the Chief Marketing Officer of Rootstock Cloud ERP. Tom has 30 years of experience working in the ERP landscape and business software companies. He has been a longtime evangelist of cloud computing and held many executive roles, including several years as Senior Vice President of Marketing at Financial Force. First off, welcome, Tom. And why don't you share a little bit more about your journey and what brought you to Rootstock? Uh, thanks, Andrew, and thanks for having me. Yeah, as you mentioned, I've been in ERP for about 30 years, had the opportunity to kind of ride the wave from mainframes to minis to through client server and then application service provider, if you're even old enough to remember that. Um, and then, you know, about 10 years ago, I had the opportunity to get into the cloud more in depth with Financial Force, and we focused on service companies primarily. And then about a year and a half ago, the opportunity came up at Rootstock where we had an ERP application for manufacturers. And I thought really it was the time to kind of ride another wave because manufacturers are really starting to adopt cloud ERP in mass now. Yeah, that makes sense. I think the timing is definitely applicable and what we're seeing in this new world of Industry 4.0. So this wave of businesses migrating to the cloud, but also this wave of manufacturers exploring new options for ERP systems. So specifically with manufacturing, their investments in technology have generally been focused heavily on that back office and, and the ERPs that we're referring to. And having been in this space for many years and seeing these trends and shifts that you talk through, how about we talk a little bit about where you're seeing that go as it relates to data analytics and, and maybe some artificial intelligence? Yeah, I think ERP has been pretty transactional. And what we're seeing now with things like AI and advanced analytics, there's an opportunity to move beyond that where you have a thinking ERP system and something that helps you gain insights to your business proactively instead of you trying to figure it out and, and read through the transactions. Now, there's still, of course, some of that, but uh, the systems are going to be a lot smarter going forward. So that's very, very exciting. Uh, the great thing about this, there's all this technology, but there is a one caution there, and that is you've got to have your data in order in order to take advantage of all the new technology. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And that's kind of the, the genesis of this podcast is it's it's all about data. And we're big evangelists of, of having data kind of empower and, and enable businesses so that they can take themselves to the next level. And so when we talk about data, we, we also talk about the baseline, which I think you'll get into here in a little bit, but also the predictive and prescriptive side of data and what these new models can bring to the table. But as you pointed out, these models are only going to be as strong as that underlying data and the cleanliness of that. Yeah, and I'm sure you see this when you go out to see clients, um, especially there's a lot of older ERP systems out there. They might even be from the same brand, but the data is all over the place. And, and you'll find that companies are just struggling to pull that together at, at that stage. And so the whole process of integrating, doing the ETL process, trying to get it is a really big step for them. Uh, there was a gentleman named Brian Summer who wrote an article on Diginomic a few years ago, and he called it Frankensoft, where companies got all these parts that they've kind of pasted together. And now I think we're in a new stage where people are adding more clouds and we're in a Franken cloud stage where you've got multiple clouds and on-premise and 
And so as a result, it's no surprise that when you go into a company, you'll still see a lot of Excel being used as many databases, not just for reporting, but as databases themselves to do things. So it's, it's really uh, a big problem for a lot of companies today. And I'm sure you've seen it, you know, in your time when you go out to see a customer, they'll have multiple customer records and multiple systems. And you go to try to draw inferences about that customer, and it's very difficult to do. So the data is really important. I agree. I'd argue it's probably the, the number one problem that we see. So a lot of these organizations have grand visions of uh, adopting all these apps and kind of building this freaking cloud that, that you're referring to. And the business wants to move fast and IT is trying to, to catch up. But ultimately, when you start uh, looking at these initiatives, it all kind of ties back to that underlying data. And as we pointed out, the these systems and, and these new apps are only going to be as powerful as that cleanliness of the data and making it all make sense for the business. Yeah, you, you, you can get real enamored with the, you know, the GUI and this technology and everything, <laughs> exactly. how nice they are, but there's still work to be done in the trenches. Absolutely. So uh, I think that touches on a, a lot of good points that, that we can kind of dive a little bit deeper into. So how about describing some steps that the companies can take to start putting themselves back on the right path to be these data-driven organizations we're referring to? I think one thing companies can do is avoid having multiple clouds if they can. And that was, you know, one of the attractive things for me when I joined Rootstock, when I saw Rootstock had built an ERP system on the CRM cloud of Salesforce. And so basically the system of engagement and the system and record are together. And so you don't have those multiple systems. And those are the two biggest systems you, when you look at an organization. So if you can combine them and get them on one cloud into the same data model, you're, you're most of the way there. And then things like dashboards and analytics fall out much easier and as a result, it's not just easier, but more users are going to be able to use it. So the natural tools that come from, say, Salesforce for dashboards, anybody can write the report and anybody can have access to that data across CRM, ERP. There's not any you know, waterfalls of batch processes dumping from one system to another where there's timing problems and synchronization problems with master records and things like that. That's, that all goes away when you get it all in one cloud. Yeah, absolutely. I think the one platform approach is, is definitely smart and addresses all those concerns. The caveat to that, though, is we often see that as these manufacturers mature and grow over time, these disparate systems and, and siloed systems are often the result of acquisitions. So as the organization grows and they start acquiring other companies that come under the fold, I often feel like there's there's not enough time, energy, or money that's being spent to, to truly address that and, and think about that as a part of the acquisition strategy. So often what this does is just creates that Frankensoft analogy that you alluded to earlier and, and more manual processes, frankly. So the overhead and the disconnected data, it just keeps building on top of one another. Any insights that you have uh, around that for how these businesses that are growing by acquisition and have these ERPs that come into the mix that way, how they can start approaching this? Yeah, many of our companies, they will replace their ERP system wholesale and then move everything to one cloud to solve the problem. And so one part of that, I would say, is you need sort of a strategic map of you know what your platforms are going to be. You know, we've moved off of hardware and it's just, just database platforms and now we're into full cloud platforms where those choices are being made. And so a lot of people are making strategic choices because they've let the clouds proliferate and, and it's just spreading out their problem even more. So that's definitely one thing. Sure. There are companies, especially bigger ones, uh, who've got, say, a big instance of, of SAP or Oracle and they're having a hard time making the change on it. But they may have another business unit that uh, is fast growing or in a different business model, different set of products that doesn't fit how that original system was put in place. 
in that case, they can put in another ERP system such as ours alongside Salesforce pretty easily because if they have Salesforce in place, they've already got the cloud stack, if you will, and they already know how to administer users. They know how to write reports, do workflow, use chatter, things like that. So adding another ERP system is not as intrusive as it would be otherwise, where you'd have to put in a whole brand new stack, new skill set, new everything. And so if people want to get there incrementally, they can. They can add on an app like ours into their Salesforce environment. And, you know, it's the beauty of the App Exchange, of course, as well. You can add apps in there a little bit like the corporate version of your iPhone. Uh, and it's, it's way less intrusive than if you had to, you know, uh, put in a whole brand new system for that subsidiary. Yeah, absolutely. And I really like that approach because we definitely see that a lot in the market space, especially with a lot of private equity investment going into some of these manufacturers and this portfolio that sits underneath. We've been getting more and more inquiries from PE firms inquiring about that exact strategy that you just described. So it's definitely a solid approach. And we're, we're seeing that pick up more and more in this market space. So Tom, let's pivot a little bit and jump ahead to the future state of all this. So let's assume that we've got uh, one or more of those strategies in place. We're on one platform. Can you touch a little bit on where you see the future of artificial intelligence and AI coming into play with this data? Yeah, I, I like to think about it in terms of what business are trying to do is where the most value will be. And I think manufacturing has gotten much more customer centric than it has versus just building the product. And so companies are trying to personalize the service, personalize the products, and predict more what their customers are doing. And so I think AI in particular provides the ability to triangulate across all this information that we have about a customer predicting more what's going to go on. And so you'll be able to look easily, especially when it's all one platform, across here's what I have is maybe outstanding opportunities with a customer and quotes that, that are in the sales cloud. Then look at service cases and activity that's on your call center, then look at shipments that made, returns that have happened, things under warranty, uh, credits that have happened, where they are in their payment cycle, how good of a payer are they, and bring these together and sort of grade your customers on, on, on their state of happiness with you and state of where they might go in terms of buying in the future. And I think that'll give companies a better feel for things. And, you know, demand planning is always a huge issue. And I think when you can look at a customer and look at them holistically like that, you get a better feel for where you really sit. And this is particularly important if you have recurring revenue or a big customer that's buying a lot. You need to know if they're still going to be there or not. And this is one way to get sort of an early warning sign as to what's really going on. A customer may be ordering a lot of things but returning a lot or there's a lot of credits on it after rebates and things like that. And they're not profitable. Right, you know? right. So there's a, when you look at holistically the customer relationship, you really need all of what's in ERP and all of CRM to get that view. Yeah, absolutely. I think the bridging of the gaps between both sides absolutely puts businesses in a better place to get out of a reactive state of mind and, and get more proactive into to all those aspects that you described. One additional area that you kind of touched on a little bit as it relates to dashboards and reports and building out these models and visualizing that, this also kind of touches on Salesforce's recent acquisition of Tableau. So to me, that just further shows the value and the benefits of everything that we're talking about here, where single platform, bringing everything together, getting your CRM, your ERP, and and the merging of all that, but then being able to have a business analyst or have everyday users within the business extrapolate that information and create these dashboards and reports to get a, a true pulse on the business. Yeah, I think Gartner calls them citizen users. Isn't that novel that we actually <laughs> treat yep. regular business people as people? 
and it's not as technical. So a, a business user can see what's going on without involving a, you know, a BI expert or a technical person. And, um, I think it's great. It's, it's, um, I don't know if you want to call it democratizing ERP, but, uh, that's a lot of what's happening here. And, and if you have that simplified model and you have a great tool on top of it, you're in business. Yes, absolutely. So, Tom, I know you and Rootstock have been doing some great research and studies around buying personas in this manufacturing space, and specifically a recent one that came out I want to touch on through FSN was on the CFO and kind of the role that the CFO plays in these organizations. Can you elaborate a little bit on that study and the findings that came out of it? Yeah, it very much relates to this conversation about data. We've been working with a gentleman named Gary Simon who runs FSN. It was formerly the Financial Systems News Network, and he runs about a 55,000-member LinkedIn group called the Modern Finance Forum, and uh, he's been doing that for years. And his general approach has been looking at how the finance profession can move beyond doing the day-to-day transactional things and more into a strategic role. And so he's been doing this study for a few years now, and we participated with him on the last one where he looked at CFOs that had moved from out of the day-to-day realm and the transactional into more strategic aspects of the business. And he calls it business partnering, where you're working with other departments in the business to help improve things. And he did this whole study that showed that those who moved out of the transactional that were more strategic actually had more effective companies as well. And it turns out one of the critical underpinnings to making that move from transactional to that good business partner in a company was data. And he called them data masters. And these are companies who've kind of licked too many spreadsheets, multiple customer records, data spread out all over the place. And so he sort of rated them. And the, the CFOs that had become the kind of this master status are the ones and predominantly who moved into the strategic role as a CFO. And so what it means is they're able to go to a meeting with insights and information to help other departments and work with them, whether it was operations or sales, it doesn't really matter, but they're able to provide more insight as to what's going on, as opposed to saying, here's your P&L, which is the old way to think about it. So it's pretty fascinating and a great proof point how if you can master what's going on with your data, you know, you can perform better personally as a a professional, uh, but also helps your company perform too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think our ultimate goal is is we want to see the evolution of these citizen developers and empowered business users to ultimately become data masters. So historically, as ERP and IT in general, when you think about the CFO, and correct me if I'm wrong, but we always see it as, as being viewed as a cost center. And CFOs have traditionally been treating it that way. But based off of the studying, what you just talked through, it very much seems like that shift is definitely making its way out of that. And these organizations are realizing the data and this new technology stack and an approach to how they're viewing the business is, is absolutely changing. Would you agree with that? I do. And I, and I think, you know, we as an ERP provider have a role in that. It's up to us to help our customers get their processes very smooth and efficient so that the, you know, the reporting and everything just falls out of the system. And so we can get them out of the day-to-day of, of what's happening. And unfortunately, a lot of folks in the finance profession find themselves pasting together systems and being the human systems integrator of data at the end of the month and through the month uh, to get things done. And so the companies that are kind of caught that have a hard time moving into that strategic realm. And as I would like to probably say, and I think it's been said in some books, is a lot of those folks are working in the business instead of working on the business. And I think any any of us who are a manager want to get to the point where we're working on the business and improving it and right. moving it forward rather than caught up in the day-to-day of just uh, getting the books closed. 
Absolutely. So Tom, it's always a pleasure chatting with you. Uh, we're super excited about where the manufacturing industry is evolving to and your all's role in cloud ERP and, and what you're doing with this single platform approach of, of bridging the gap. And, and more importantly, how this contributes to what we just talked about with empowering citizen developers and organizations to become data masters. So uh, any key takeaways or, or thoughts you'd like to leave the audience with? No, I, I think it's great you're doing this, uh, this whole series. Um, I think if people think about the fundamentals of the data side, then they can really take great advantage of all this new technology that's coming at us. Fantastic. Well, Tom, thanks for uh, joining us. Thank you so much for having me, Andrew. And for those of you listening, if you'd like to learn more about Rootstock, Tom's profile and other relevant resources will be in our show notes with this episode. And if you enjoyed the episode, please take a moment to rate it and subscribe to Data in Depth, which is available now on iTunes, Google, Spotify, and pretty much anywhere else you consume your podcasts. Thanks again for joining us. Data in Depth is produced by Mountain Point, a digital transformation consulting firm focusing on the manufacturing sector. You can find show notes, additional episodes, and more by visiting dataindepth.com. Thanks for listening, and be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.